Um, but this is, a, this is a team that I 100% expect a second weekend um, tournament type of team. Sweet 16 at minimum. Um, and if they do that again with what they've got coming in next year, uh, buckle up. Because uh, <laughs> if Sweet 16's a down year for Florida State basketball, y'all are in trouble. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. P-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, everybody? This is Logan Robinson from Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. This evening, whole 180 from football. Some fun stuff to talk about here. We've all been looking forward to it for a couple months, definitely once March Madness was canceled. The ACC tournament was canceled. We've been looking forward to talking about the next season of Florida State, and we are finally here. I'm excited. We are going to be previewing the 2020 FSU basketball season and we got a guest with us tonight, having a little good time. I think last year, Arya joined us, too. What's up? Basketball. Arya Masudi, good friend of ours, our ACC Network, Learfield, and IMG commentator. Great guy. A great friend of ours, too, is joining us this evening, too. Obviously, us and VZ, too, lead bass rider at NoGameDay.com. But, Arya, what's going on, man? You're out there drinking. Yeah, sorry. Uh, this is uh, my Travis Johnson light <laughs> Johnson. Uh, I'm at Island Wing here in Tally, an uh, awesome place to, to eat and watch basketball. And we were, we were just joking before we came on. It's like Christmas come early for college basketball diehards like us. And uh, I know VZ's ready to go. He's ready for the season to start. And uh, I know this is not like, the most professional look that I've ever put on, but he asked me to come on and uh, talk hoops, and I'm down no matter what I'm doing. I'll drop it. Let's talk you, football. You just forgot the cigar that Travis Johnson had. You, you don't have the cigar <laughs> with you. Right, I'm out, yeah, I might happen later tonight. <laughs> What's going on, Austin? What's going on, man? You, I know so, you're excited. Yeah, I'm tired. I've been watching college basketball all day, and we're, uh, we're like halfway through. We still uh, got like so many good games left the rest of the day. Oh, uh, we feel so bad for you. I just got off work at like six and had another show at six thirty. Oh my god, we feel so bad for you. Wah wah. And you have like six weeks off too because of surgery, right? Yeah, at least, yeah. Yeah. But let, let's jump into it. I have Aria on here. You know, obviously, first thoughts going into the season. What is y'all's just, you know, rumblings inside of your head? You know, things that you might have heard going inside of the offseason workouts and just initial thoughts heading into 2020 with having the season shut down last year of a potential Final Four team that just got a, just cut off just like that because of COVID-19. Yeah. You want me to start? Go right yeah, ahead. All you. Yeah, man. I think it's a lot like football in that um, – I'm just happy we're having it, you know? Like, there was a time there in March where we had our hearts ripped out, you know, of our chests. And, and, and look, VZ's been in the program for, you know, four or five years with those guys. I grew up in Talia, diehard Seminole. This was something we had never really seen before. It was building. We were hopeful. 
and then it got just taken away from us and it really hurt and uh, I'm not gonna lie like me and my buddies who are you know the local guys here uh, growing up here it, it really hurt us because this is this is what we'd like, dreamed of was Florida State basketball so really COVID those summer months were we're tough right like we're we're counting down the days and it's finally here and you know it's not going to be perfect it's going to be hard we're going to have cancellations but you know what we're going to see some Florida State basketball we're going to have some fans at the tuck and uh you know we've got a lot of experience we've got a, a lotto pick on this year's team as well and it's a good time to be Leonard Hamilton in Florida State hoops yeah it was interesting to see the team's reaction to the shutdown in March um I was there in Greensboro when the, they got taken off the floor and then handed a trophy it you know talking to couple of them after the game, they're all like, we would do anything and just get all the fans out there and drop the ball right now. Now they're in November, that's exactly what's going to happen. The fans are out of there, they're going to drop the ball, and they're going to go play. Um, the, the good thing is by mid-May, by June, a lot of the guys had moved past last season and said, let's go, let's go run it back, let's get it again. You had such a talented group and Scotty Barnes and Tanner Ingham, Sadar Calhoun. I think these guys are going to be primed and ready to go for, um, for this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I talked to Coach Jones just the other day, and, and we did a Zoom together. And he told me, you know, that that team had a chip on its shoulder uh, as soon as the season ended. Like, a lot of the guys, they, they came back ready to work hard. And uh, he does feel like there's a maybe a little bit of an underlying theme of unfinished business with this group. And they're, they're ready to play. But, you know, you got to turn the page. And what Florida State does better than anyone is they replace three guys with a whole roster of 11 or 12. So so that's the good news. And, and we agreed that, you know, Florida State's going to have, I believe, nine players that are at least 21 years old at some point this year or older. College In, in college basketball, if you're older, it, it typically means good things are going to happen. You've been through 400 or 500 practices in your career. You've done it the right way. You've been in a lot of situations and a lot of positive and negative locker rooms, right? So the last two minutes of a game where the ACC often comes down to Leonard will, Ham will always tell you about that stat about how 80% of games come down to the last two minutes, a, a team like Florida state that can probably, you know, slow its heart rate down really well. A lot of these guys can, I, I think it, it benefits them. And this COVID era where people aren't practicing, I kind of like the team that's had a little more camaraderie, a little more experience playing together, at least early on, especially I like Florida state a lot. Yeah. And in college basketball in general, you know, experience matters, especially in the backcourt. If you get some really experienced guards in the backcourt, you're going to go deep in March. Florida State's got that between MJ Walker, Raekwon Evans, and Anthony Polite. These are guys that have been in the college programs for three or four seasons now. They know what to expect. Yeah, you're bringing in a young Scotty Barnes, but you got the experience around them that you do. It helps. And not only the experience, but the length on this team is something we've never seen. It, by all accounts, it's the tallest team in NCAA history, which I'm sure Hamilton and Jones are proud of. Yeah, defense and, uh, you know, making sure you can defend, get in the passing lanes, make sure you can block shots at the rim. You know, Florida State top 10 in those categories a season ago. That's a, it's a big part of FSU's offense is being able to transition from defense to quick points if you can get them. Uh, and I think that might be where Scotty Barnes makes his biggest impact is on that defensive side transitioning into a, a full court game uh, and being able to do that. I, I'm really excited, guys. I really am. Throughout the rest of this, we're going to go over the roster discussion, the schedule discussion. Also, going to talk about preseason awards and the rest. We'll give record predictions at the end. We'll make sure to get Aria's record prediction uh, before he gets off of here. But just to start off this show, let's talk about Gardner Webb. Obviously, the game is canceled. It was set to be on Friday. A lot of fans were excited to watch that happen. But COVID nineteen, it seems it, it seems like it's going to be 
a theme throughout basketball season. You know, you look at football, there might be a few guys and you can still be able to play the game. But when it comes to basketball, you got a lot, you got a smaller roster, including staff and individuals. It's going to hit a little bit harder whenever there's just two, one, two numbers uh, around that program. But Gardner Webb canceled, postponed uh, to start the season. It sucks. It, we were all looking forward to it, and it sucks. The, the moment the schedule dropped, I'm like, perfect. November 27th, 3 o'clock, I'm not going to be doing anything. This is perfect. And then Gardner-Webb comes out with one positive test. And it sucks for a program like Gardner-Webb that uses these games to build some money for the program. You're playing at Duke, at Florida State, at Georgia. Those are some big-time money games, and now you're losing all three of those. It sucks for Gardner-Webb, but especially for Florida State that's trying to get some tune-ups before they have to go play Indiana and Florida. Yeah, I think I was more just, again, just back to the whole, you took away what we loved. Yeah. <laughs> now we got a little bit longer to, to see these guys, the new bloods, get back out there. And so um, it sucks. This really sucks. But you know what? Safety. Make sure that we're safe. You don't want to jeopardize multiple games for this one game. And um, I think we'll be okay in the end. We'll, we'll play next week, and, and hopefully UNF, fingers crossed, we can, uh, they can meet the testing protocols, and we'll have basketball. Yeah, and, and even though the schedule's – what is it, 27 games? Something yeah. like that. I, I, I highly doubt any team gets to the full schedule that they play. You know, there's going to be cancellations. There's going to be postponements. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of teams finish in that 20, 22 games played range. Yeah, 100%. Returning players for Florida State this upcoming season, MJ Walker expected to be a big-time leader this season, Raekwon Gray, Malik Osborne, he's bringing the energy on the court every friggin' game, it feels like. Anthony Polite, who supposedly had a really good offseason, Raekwon Evans, Balsa, Wyatt Wilkes, and Nate Jack. Talk about those guys returning, maybe some that you're really excited to uh, watch and what they'll bring to the table this season, guys. I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what Turk brings to the table this year. And a lot of people were really excited about him this offseason. There's even some NBA hype around him following, following him throughout the season. Um, if he could take that next step in his development, I think he's a huge X factor for this team. How he plays is going to impact this team so much. Yeah, MJ is going to give us 10, 12, 13 points a night, and we're going to need that. But we're also going to need that third guy outside of him and Scotty Barnes, whether that's Raekwon Evans, whether that's Anthony Polite, you know, there's going to be someone that needs to step up. I think Raekwon Gray is a good option to step up. I'm really excited for Raekwon Evans. I thought he really came on strong the second half of the season, as did Anthony Polite. And then after that, obviously Malik Osborne. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him when there's no fans and you can hear him. It's, I, like, I like the Raekwon Evans uh, mention because I actually think he's going to be a key to this season. I think Scotty Barnes will be the primary ball handler. Um, but there will be times, you know, in the college game where you play teams like Virginia who want to pack line and they want to they try and compress the gaps. And you're going to need another guy out there um, to be able to handle the rock and, and maybe try and create a little bit of penetration. And what I like Evan's game so much is that he, he's comfortable playing off the ball. If you look at, like, some of those synergy stats, when he was on the court with Trent Forrest, Florida State actually had the highest points for possessions that they had. And it's yep. because Ray Ray can actually step back and shoot the three and, and be kind of a pseudo shooting guard at the two if he has to be. Um, and we've seen what he can do uh, with the ball in his hands as well. So I actually expect Florida State to have some lineups where Barnes and Evans are out there together because then you can actually get some mismatches and you can get Barnes uh, some post touches and kind of use him in, in ways that – you know, he, he's kind of that Swiss Army knife. And so 
Um, those are some names that I'm excited about for sure. You know, you mentioned Greg, love that. We've always dreamed about what Turk can be, right? We've mm -hmm. always dreamed about this like Draymond Green, but bigger type of player if he ever gets to that point. Um, Malik Osborne has had a lot of buzz in this, in this camp. His body has changed a little bit more. He can shoot the ball from three. Um, and, and that could be an X factor for this team as well. Stan Jones told me that he felt like this would be one of the better shooting teams Florida State has had. They've been really impressed with how these guys have shot the three ball in practice. And so if you can find a way to penetrate, if you can find a way to uh, collapse the defense, you've got seven, eight guys that can make you pay from beyond the arc. And so that might be the most I think Florida State has had true three-point threats, um, especially when you add in Sardar Calhoun. Yeah, you look back to that Duke game where pretty much our entire game plan was let's pick and pop and get Malik Osborne open shots. If he makes two of those, we win that game. So, so you, to, hear him, to hear you say he's really been working on it, I mean, I saw him work on it for an entire year when he was redshirting, and I saw the improvements he made. I know how good he can be. If he keeps improving, having him be that pick and pop threat's huge, especially if they want to play him at the four, which I, I think they want to now that they have three true seven-footers again. I think one of the most important players on this year's team is a guy that just doesn't get talked about. He's used to it. He, he doesn't mind. Anthony Polite. He is going to be so good this year. Stan Jones raved about him and said, look, he is one of the best on-ball defenders in the ACC and in the country. He can hit the three ball with confidence. And if you saw towards the end of last year, he started to make some big-time drives. He had a drive against Louisville there in that run that Florida State made where it should have been an and one. But it's the first time I've seen – Anthony Polite play that freely and be that comfortable with the ball in his hands as a creator and as a, as a go-getter in terms of getting to the rim. He will be so important to me. I think he might be the breakout player for Florida State. The kid can handle the basketball. And, and, and a lot of people don't want to, like, mention him as a guy who can bring the ball up the court. I love his game. I love Anthony Polite's game. He gets, he gets better every year that he plays. And, you know, now he's going to be a fourth-year junior, I believe, at this point in his mm -hmm. career. And uh, I'm ready to see, you know, AP – Get our boy Anthony Polite some love because he, he's going to be a big-time guy. There's a lot of colleges that recruited him to play point guard. I don't think a lot of people realize that now. Once he got to Florida State, you know, the coaches are like, we can't have him play point guard right now. They always, they always kept saying, you drill at your feet too much. He doesn't play out in front of him. But we saw that once, Janu once mid-January hit, he was phenomenal. I mean, he was shot something like 42% from three in conference play. Um, he was handling the ball, like you said, a phenomenal defender at 6'6", 6'7", with that, with that wingspan and that size. You know, it's tough for anybody to get past him. When he's focused, he's, I think he's the best defender in the conference. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Logan, I got a question for VZ while I got him on here. Because Go ahead. He's going to love this. Uh, I, actually, <laughs> I had Stan, so I talked to Stan on uh, Monday morning, and then I got T-Man on Monday night. Um, we did a Zoom together um, that we'll have on our podcast. I, I asked the question, and I want VZ to be the tiebreaker. 18-19 team plays 19-20. Who wins that matchup? You can guess T-Man took his boys. Yeah. Dan Jones actually – Coach Jones took the 1920 team. I'm surprised he own, took a side. Yep. They, well, yeah, he did. And uh, they have their reasons, but I want to hear your thoughts. You were, you were there for both of those. Well, you were there for one of those. Mm -hmm. And last year, you know a lot of those guys. Who are you taking? Can I only choose between those two? Yes. The team, the team that Kofer and Nichols – we're not healthy to play in the yeah. – we're, we're uh, able to play. Are, are we assuming they're both, they're both fully healthy? 100%. That's tough. That's really tough. I would probably take – probably 18-19. You're taking the experience. Really close. The yeah. I, I mean, if I could have, like, any of these past few teams, I'm taking 17-18. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, I think that team was an impressive regular season. Yeah, but once they started, they started clicking right towards the end of the season. Then the the ACC tournament, they kind of broke down. But uh, yeah. they they had that first practice coming out of um, selection Sunday, and I saw an entirely different team. You didn't know. You, you look back at it, the way they played in that tournament, they didn't get lucky. They were legitimately beating teams. And you look at you had twelve guys who all played significant minutes, and I think that's huge. Um, Especially in March, you're four points away from being in the national championship game. Yeah, yeah. T man, T man thought D, uh, David Nichols would have been the difference maker yeah. on that 1819 uh, team, and I think Coach Jones f- felt the way Pat Williams and Balso were playing. Uh, Balso were playing towards the end of last year. Um, he felt like the individual shot making ability of some of those guys on that team um, would have been the difference. But both guys agreed, close game. And uh, that's one that we can always dream about. Oh, yeah, if it's a seven-game series, it goes seven. Like, there's yeah. no question about it. E- each team would bring something that the other doesn't have. E- you know, with the 1920 team, you have so much athleticism off the bench. Not saying 1819 didn't have it, but you had so much athleticism off the bench with Pat and Raquan Evans and s- some of these other guys. But then you look at 1819, you got David Nichols who can come and give you buckets whenever you need them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which games to you guys, you know, talking about schedule discussion now, which games to you are, are key? And then obviously, what are some trap games that might, you know, take down uh, Florida State or put them in a rough spot uh, that Florida State might be overthinking this season? I mean, FSU got I – th- I think they have to be really happy with the schedule they were given, all things considered. Uh, I mean, because you only have two big Monday games, so that means only two instances. If you play Saturday, have a day off, you play Monday. But even the second one, when you play Virginia at home, the game before is at home against Wake Forest, whereas UNC's or Virginia's playing against UNC in Virginia. That's a tough game to then play, get one day off, and travel to Tallahassee to play another fast team in Florida State. So I think Florida State benefits a lot there, whereas the first one, yeah, it's a lot tougher. Um, I think it's uh, UNC then Louisville for the big Monday game. Um, so that's a tough stretch. But other than that, you know, obviously you get the three big teams at home. Virginia, Duke, North Carolina. You have to play it at North Carolina, which is tough. Um, but other than that, there's there's not really anything where you go. That's a key matchup, but there, there's a ton of trap games, I think. Coming off Duke, you go at Syracuse and at Pitt, two places that Florida State's been horrible. Um, just two and four in the Carrier Dome and one and eight at Pitt in the Oakland Zoo. I think those are two games where you really have to look out for and you're going to see the maturity of this team real quick early in January. Yeah, and, and you know, you pretty much nailed it because those are – a lot of those were my thoughts. Uh, I'll point to the Florida-Indiana back-to-back games because I think those are sneaky. Uh, everyone's just going to make the joke, right, that, uh, that, that Florida State will beat Florida in basketball. That streak's going to end eventually. I'm not saying it's this year, uh, but I'm, I'm just saying that Florida team's a little bit better than people are going to give them credit for. Um, and, and we have a tendency to kind of downplay them and, and kind of write people off when you beat them so many times in a row. Um, that's going to be a tough two-game swing because – you're going to play Indiana, who, who will be an emotional game, I think, for these guys. And while I think and I love that, that the Florida game is at home right after that, you're not traveling um, to, to Gainesville. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get up for a matchup like that two times in a row um, with a team that's going to be ready to play you. So I'm not saying that Florida State is going to lose that game. I actually feel confident FSU will get both. But I'm saying that's one that you asked me about. Am I curious to see how Florida State responds? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that two-game stretch. And you got to hope experience, too, will help in that situation. Guys have been on the team for a while. That will kind of help them stay focused and not 
worry about those trap games for you. Yeah. Those really are interesting games, especially Indiana. They lose Green, who scored th- a career-high 30 off the bench against us, but they still have Trace Jackson Davis, who's yep. one of the four best post players in the country to a lot of people. Um, they, they have a five-star point guard in. Uh, you know, it's going to be a tough game, and there's, there's going to be a lot of emotions on our sideline saying, you beat us last year when, when we were at a low point because we – I won't say a low point, but they were just they were so tired coming off that yeah. Emerald Coast Classic and having to travel in just one day's of rest to go play at Indiana. That was tough. That's a lot to ask of a young team. Um, so they, I knew they wanted that game back pretty much the entire season. You can see the you can see it in the way they played. Um, and then yeah, like you said about about Florida, I really like Florida this season. They've got a really they've got a really good point guard rotation with Quest Davis, Tyree Appleby, the transfer from Cleveland State. And uh, obviously Trey Mann, who Florida State loved when they were recruiting him. Um, and losing Andrew Nembard is an addition by subtraction because when you have Nembard, you have to play a certain style of basketball where you have to slow it down. You have to get the offense moving. Whereas now with these point guards, you get these athletes out running with Scotty Lewis and Keontae Johnson and Omar Payne rim running. Another guy Florida State really loved when they were recruiting. That's a good team. I, I do think Florida State gets both, but it's not going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. Before we lose uh, Arya on here, because I know he has just a little bit of time and, and we'll have Austin here to run through the rest of this. Do you want to give your season expectation and record prediction right now, Arya? All right. So, so being completely <laughs> candid, I don't even remember how many games we're playing. So uh, I think it's 25. Okay. Let me, let me look at my article real quick. I'm pretty sure it's 25. I, let, me, let me say it this way. Uh, yes, I'll take the over on 20 wins. I think the team will find a way to do it. Um, because of the weird COVID year and, and everything, I like this team even more than I did if it was going to be a normal season. Um, yeah. As far as AC, I think they'll finish in the, in the top four of the ACC safely. Um, and I believe it's a Sweet 16 Elite Eight type team with an outside chance at a Final Four. I can't pick them to go to a Final Four because, quite frankly, we need to see what everyone else is in this country. I, I want to see everyone else. Um, Gonzaga looks really good on paper. Uh, Kansas looks really good on paper. Virginia looks really good on paper, but that's the thing on paper, right? So let mm-hmm. me see a couple weeks of the se- Let me see a couple weeks of the season. Um, but this is a this is a team that I 100% expect a second weekend um, tournament type of team, Sweet 16 at minimum. Um, and if they do that again with what they've got coming in next year, uh, buckle up because uh, <laughs> if Sweet 16 is a down year for Florida State basketball, y'all are in trouble. <laughs> so what what were we thinking here? Out of 25 games, what are we thinking? What, what are we feeling? Games. Or 20, yeah, 25 games. 20 and 5. I'll go right at 20 and 5. Okay. Okay. We'll wait, we'll wait for yours, Austin, at the end. There's the icing on the cake at the end. Interesting. We'll give you, okay. Make people think about it. Um, well, hopefully, they haven't already read my article that came out this morning, which you should read. <laughs> what? Yeah, it has, <laughs> I will say it has not been shared yet, Austin. I will go ahead and tell you that. It has I, did, I did tweet it. Oh, okay. Then we're good. I did tweet it. <laughs> okay, good. You're, you're doing your job right. We are not. Yeah. Dustin are not doing our job right. But Aria, enjoy those wings, man. Always appreciate you coming on. We're definitely going to – we've got to get you back on, too, during the season while it's going on to preview a big game or something because we for definitely sure, want to stand. Definitely Look forward wanna... to that. Good. Be easy. Go Noles. Yes. All right, man. Be good. Have a good evening, brother. But but going back, talking about the schedule discussion, Austin, you know, ACC talk, contenders, also who could be some pretenders. But, you know, just give me the rundown on what you think of the ACC. You wrote an article, which was great, on the uh, nolgame.com, kind of 
throwing out and going into detail about these ACC teams and who could be pretending some stuff here or who actually who is a real deal. But just kind of give me a rundown on the ACC and your take on it. It's been interesting watching games all day because obviously I've been watching a lot of ACC broadcasts starting with Virginia Tech to start the day. And then, you know, you move into UNC and Louisville and now I'm watching the pit game now. All these announcers are expecting another eight, nine tournament appearance from the ACC. And I, I just don't, I do not see it. I think it's another very down year for the ACC. I don't think it's as bad as last year. Last year was a historically horrible season for this conference. But I just I see four for sure tournament teams between Virginia, Florida State, Duke, and North Carolina. And then after that, it's it's a lot of maybe. Louisville is dealing with the three big injuries right now. Uh, big man Malik Williams is out for three months. Uh, the transfer from San Francisco, Charles Minlin, is out for six weeks. And they had another guy who just had arthroscopic surgery on his knee that he might be out for a few months. So if all they're doing is relying on Carlick Jones, who's a phenomenal player that transferred from Radford, I just I don't see them being a tournament team because of that. Maybe that's just me. But with all these injuries, you can't expect one former mid-major guard to take them where they're supposed to go. Um, after that, you got Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse who are in that same kind of range where they've got some talent, but if they suffer one or two injuries or have one or two COVID cases, you know, they might be on the outside looking in when it comes to the bubble. I think Clemson's really talented. They only lost one big piece from last season. Um, but I think they bounced back this season with another talented team. Um, they lost Tevin Mack, who was the Alabama transfer, but now they bring in Nick Honor from Furman and PJ Hall, who I think is going to step in right away and play some, some key minutes for them. Um, Miami's pretty much the same team. Uh, they had to transfer from Cincinnati last year. That's going to be able to play this season. Um, and then Syracuse, just with Jim Beheim's two threes on defense, they're always going to be in games. Um, they're not going to be losing a ton. They're not going to be winning a ton, but they're always going to be at least middle of the pack when it comes to the conference. Um, after that, you have Georgia Tech, in my opinion, who I think a lot of people slept on last year. They finished fifth in the conference, and they bring back pretty much everybody, but they also don't add anybody new. Um, they run this weird one-three-one looking defense that kind of plays like a two-three. It's really tough to score on. If a team doesn't show up was or ready to hit some outside shots, you're going to lose that game. Even if Georgia Tech's not going to score a ton, when they play Virginia, it's going to be a 35-38 kind of game. Um, NC State, I think, is another team a lot of people are overrating, kind of in that Louisville bracket where they've got some talent, but I just don't see how it pans out for them. And then after that, it's a bunch of trash. Notre Dame, uh, they've got no talent. Uh, they lost an all-ECC first-team performer and didn't replace them with anybody. Um, Pittsburgh's down uh, 14 to St. Francis at home right now. <laughs> and then Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Boston College, I just I don't see them having successful seasons at all. So you're, you're, so you're feeling Florida State has – are you kind of feeling what Aria said with finishing the season – above in a top four above top five if they're not a top four seed something went wrong okay just because of the way the rest of the acc shapes up mm -hmm. if they're not the, at least a top four seed something went wrong mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not saying they'll win the conference again uh virginia schedule just sets up too nicely for that um but i expect them to at least be second or third 
Jumping into some fun stuff here, obviously a big topic during this camp and off season and, and jumping into the season, Scotty Barnes. I mean, like Aria said, lottery pick is on this team right now. Um, and a lot of player, a lot of the, well, players too, but also fans are excited to watch this. I want to get into the stadium and see him play, and we've heard some good things. But on your side of things, what have you heard about Scotty Barnes? Obviously, preseason award, all ACC first team, uh, preseason freshman of the year. You know, a lot of the national media thinks very, very, very highly of him, as they should, um, and, and he's a stud. But what have you heard during his camp? And then also add on about what to expect from Scotty Barnes moving forward with the season. Yeah, the, there was some rumblings that he missed a scrimmage this past weekend. And so, whoever posted the message board on 24-7 said he thought it was disciplinary reasons, which was dumb. Um, apparently he was just banned up. Coaches didn't want to take the risk of him potentially getting more hurt just a couple of days before a big game. Um, now that that game's not being played, it doesn't really matter. He gets a couple extra days to heal up. Um, but I've heard nothing but great things so far. Um, I, I think I said it on the podcast like a month ago, he has a chance to be the best player we've ever had. And that's saying something when you consider the players that have come through this program in the last few seasons. Um, like Arya said, he's going to be a terror on defense, playing passing lanes, blocking weak side shots, just getting out in transition and, and really putting pressure on opposing defenses when he's in transition. You don't see very many six nine point guards that are that strong, that big, just pushing the pace like he can. Um, offensively, I think we're going to take our lumps to start the season just as we get used to him, you know, getting guys set in the offense, you know, get, getting the right motion set up, making sure he's making the right cuts. Um, luckily, our offensive system isn't revolved around having one true point guard. I know we did it last year with Trent Forrest, but we, in a way we kind of had to, um, especially with Raquan Evans being – a little banged up to start the season. Um, I, I think you see a lot more guys initiate the offense this year, and you don't need him, you don't need Scotty Barnes to create every set. I agree with Aria where you're going to see a lot of two point guard sets with him and Raekwon Evans because I think Evans is a really good player. Mm -hmm. And then also jumping into a few of the other preseason awards, MJ Walker gets All AC second team, and then overall Florida State is actually projected third in the ACC to finish. The season last year, which is pretty funny, they were at number five. Obviously, we know Florida State ends up being on top of the ACC. Uh, and actually, what was North Carolina number two last year, you said, in their pro uh, production meeting? <laughs> yeah, North Carolina was projected to finish second last season. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Spoiler alert, they finished 15th. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, that changed kind of quickly a little bit during their season. But yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about him too, but MJ Walker is someone I actually am really excited about watching. Cause I think we we're seeing a transition into becoming a really big, true leader on this team. And, you know, the main guy really last year was Trent Forrest. He really was the leader, but who was it going to be? And I think <clears throat> during right off, right off the bat, you know, whenever Forrest is gone, you know, you, you look for who's going to be that guy and, and MJ Walker seems to be, uh, going to take the reins in that job. Yeah, we heard it from Pat when we had him on this podcast in August or July, how after they lost Pitt, MJ was the first guy up there saying, hey, we were saying this is our year. We can't come out here losing to Pitt and got them refocused. I think he's going to be more of the lead by example guy. And then I think another guy you look at is Malik Osborne, who's going to be that vocal leader who's now in his third year with the program. He knows what to expect from everyone else in the roster. And I think that's huge. Um, 
But yeah, like you said, MJ Walker, I think he's going to turn in a phenomenal season. Um, what I'm looking for from him this season, I, I think he's got to be a little bit better defensively. You know, one-on-one defense, I think he's phenomenal. But he sometimes get lost in weak side help. I, I think you see that change this season because he knows what to expect. And I, I expect him to, con- to keep up those offensive per- performances. He was top three leading scorer. He was one of our three double-digit scorers last season. I think he's going to be our leading scorer this season, whether it's 12 to 14 points or 10 to 11 points. I still think he's a leading scorer. And the guy we go to in the closing minutes of a game. Yeah, no, that's – I mean, Dustin's missing out on another podcast because, let's be honest, he's a simp. But he's missing out on talking about his favorite player on the team, which is Malik Osborne. I enjoy his energy too. It is going to be interesting, which we're about to go through. is kind of some quick hitters and some topics to talk about. But with COVID-19 going on, there's not going to be a lot of people on the stand. So you're most certainly going to hear Malik Osborne say some they're, things. They're going to have to mute some mics. Yeah, they're going to have to mute some mics if they can. <laughs> whoever the muting guy is for ESPN, whoever network it is, make sure he's, you're on your toes. He'll he'll get paid, he's going to get paid overtime for those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his work cut out for him with Malik Osborne and he's governing him. But uh, I'm excited for both of these guys. And MJ Walker, to me, is really interesting because he kind Kind of, you know, he's he's kind of not your usual FSU guy. He's more what do you what do you call him, Austin? He's definitely uh, he's uh, I don't know, I don't know. Early years, he was a little kind of. I was early years, he was horrible. I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it all right. He was not <laughs> a little, little prissy. I guess you could say. What do you call it? I don't want to say. I don't want to have him a prima donna. <laughs> he could probably, he could, maybe i don't know i mean you were around I, him a lot more than me so you'd be able to tell I, me I, but I, kinda, he, I think he was just one of those guys that was he was too injured more than we saw him on the floor and you kind of wonder what's really going on with this guy um i know ooh, what was it? i think it was after his red shirt season he had like a really minor knee surgery just to get just to clear some stuff out and ever since then he's been a much more athletic player and we really saw last season. I know I talked about it when Aria was on here. But the second half of last season, he was phenomenal. Just hitting threes, attacking, attacking the basket, just showing no fear. And I think that's going to be huge going forward. And, and hopefully, I'm expecting him to see him, see him in the starting lineup just because Hamilton likes experienced guys in his starting five. If he is that guy in the starting five, I, th- I think we're going to see a big season from him. Jumping into some kind of quick hitters here and some topics that we've seen talked about on Twitter and inside of our Discord. And something I honestly I'm thinking about too, and I want to get Austin's take is how is COVID going to affect uh, the season? Obviously, for some arenas, you know, you look at Duke, uh, that's a huge advantage on their end inside of things. You know, now it's going to be down to 20%, maybe, maybe less than that in yeah, some du- states. Duke's, Duke and Carolina are no fans. Which no is, fans at all. Okay, it's just crazy for them. Yeah. You know, how how does that affect you know Florida State, but then also the rest of the ACC and Florida State's opponents? A program like Florida State, I don't think it impacts them much, if at all, because they're still at twenty five percent capacity. Uh, Louisville was at three thousand fans, which rough math, I think, is like ten percent, eight percent capacity, something like that. Um, but but Florida State, you know, two seasons ago. They're at 40 percent capacity when they're supposed to be full, just because a lot of fans they want to show up for a Christmas game against Wake Forest. Um, I think you've seen that change last year, but a lot of these guys were still there when a lot of fans weren't showing up, and they played with that chip on their shoulder. It's going to really impact the Dukes and the Carolinas of the world. It's going to really impact Virginia 
depending on what they do with their fans. Some of, some of these programs like Wake Forest, Wake Forest doesn't really play with anybody there anyway, same with Georgia Tech and Miami. Um, it's really going to impact these top teams more than anything. I think around college basketball, you're going to see a couple more upsets than you're used to seeing. Like Drake beat Kansas State today at Kansas State. And I think not having fans goes a long way for, for some of these upsets. To you, and this is coming from one of our Discord members, what, do you, what to you is a disappointing season for Florida State in this season after winning the ACC last year? Obviously, the last three runs have been fantastic for Leonard Hamilton. What is a disappointing season for Seminoles? A disappointing season is not being in the top four ACC. Um, just, I, just, I just don't think there's a, enough talent past the top four to, for me to be like, oh, I could see them beating us. If we're not in the top four, it's a disappointing season. Um, I'm not going to say a certain record prediction is a bad season just because in, in this day and, age, day and age of COVID, a lot of games are going to get delayed. A lot of games are going to get canceled. I don't know how many games we're going to finish with and how, how bracket voters and how AP voters factor that in to how they think of a Florida State. Um, so, so to me, really just a disappointing season is you're not in that top four of the ACC. Yeah. What about if it's with the seeds for – tournament after the season again it really just it depends on how many games we get to play you know if we only played 20 games but we go 19 and one you know do they still view that as on the same level as the team that goes 23 and two um that's going to be really interesting to see when it comes to bracket voting and how they set those brackets up you know there's been some brackets that see us as a seven seed i don't think we're gonna be that low i think i think the lowest we'll go is about a five seed um I'm not going to say anything lower than a five. Like if we end up being a six or a seven, it's disappointing. I'm not going to say that, but I'd be a little bit surprised if we go that low. And we, we kind of already touched on this, but overall, and just touch on it, how does Florida State really compare to the rest of the ACC this season? Do they have think, an upper hand in a lot of ways? Yeah, I think they stack up really well. Um, North Carolina is the only team where I'm like, yeah, that's a big mismatch. You know, North Carolina's got four guys that can rotate in and out of the front court that just kill the offensive glass. And when you're Florida State, who's yeah, they've got some size, but Bosch has been a little little soft on the glass. I'm hoping he's changed that over this offseason. You got Tanner Ingham, who's he's thin. Uh, I'll put it lightly, he's thin. I think he's going to get bullied on the glass against some of these bigger guys like Dayron Sharp and Garrison Brooks and Armando Baycott. I, I think that's the one game we look at and go, that's just a bad matchup. Everyone else, I think we're at a, at least a similar level talent-wise when you look at Virginia and Duke and much more superior when you look at everyone else compared to the conference. Obviously, it's college basketball. You're going to lose a game you're not supposed to here and there. But for the most part, I think Florida State sets up really nicely this season. Austin, I hope we can keep you on here to spear nolgamy.com because I think ESPN is going to start coming after you too with this kind of analysis. This is just too easy for you. It feels like you've been kind of writing articles for the last four weeks. feels like. Yeah, five weeks. <laughs> Five weeks. I, I got to get it right over here. Let's talk about this. This is a good topic that I actually came up with my own. This is a pretty good one. How much of a loss is it with losing Patrick Williams? You lose, lose Devin Vassell, and you also lose Trent Forrest, two guys being in the first round. And obviously, Trent Forrest was a huge impact on this team, most certainly both on the leader side, but also with being pivotal moments and keeping Florida State in games, taking them and taking leads in big-time games. But what is it, what, what is, how much of a loss are these three guys? Because you look back, we saw what happened with Kevin Gelly and Terrence Mann. 
you know, but the next year Florida state is actually able to put on a phenomenal product and win the ACC, but you know, how much does this affect Florida state losing Vassell Williams and Forrest? Yeah, again, Arya kind of touched on it where Florida state's built up this program that when you play 10 to 11 guys losing two to three to the NBA, it doesn't, it doesn't really hurt that much. Um, I specifically remember um, my second season with the program after Bacon and Isaac went to the NBA. I remember Jones looking at the rest of the guys going, Isaac and Bacon were just here and they went to the NBA. Do you really think that they were that much better than y'all? And the guys kind of looked at each other and be like, no, not really. And they showed it that season. It was going to the Elite Eight and almost to the Final Four. Florida State just built up this program to where they could keep having success and keep rotating guys in and out. I don't think we're as deep as in years past. I think you've got eight guys you can really rely on. And then hopefully you get another one or two that can really step up and provide some quality minutes. Um, and I think we're a little light on wing depth. That's, where, that's the biggest part of losing Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams is that these two freaky wing defenders that just guard anybody. Um, whether that's Scotty Barnes this year, I know he's projected to play point guard, but I think defensively he's more of a wing defender. Um, and then obviously Anthony Polite, the, the big thing to me is how much a guy or how much of a guy like Sadar Calhoun can provide defensively. He's got all this, all the tools, especially offensively. He's a great shooter. He's got the athleticism. He's got the length, but can he put that together in a consistent defensive way? I, I think it's going to be huge for this season. Um, and then obviously losing Trent Forrest. I mean, there's, there's so much great things you can say about Forrest and what he provided to this team, the way he could get guys in sets and run, certain motions in certain situations. He didn't have to look to the sidelines. I think we might see that with Scotty. The first few games, he looks to the sidelines more often than not just to make sure we're running the right stuff. Um, and then hopefully as the season goes along, we just transition into more consistent offense, more consistent flow. Um, that's the big thing from going from a senior like Trent Forrest to a true freshman, Scotty Barnes. Lastly here, who will be Florida State's MVP after this season? And to you, who was MVP last year? I think MVP was Trent. I really don't think there's much discussion about it. Um, just because when you needed a bucket, Trent got it for you. Mm-hmm. He, may, he may not have put up the flashy stats every game, but when it came to the final seconds, who was taking the shot? It was Trent Forrest every single time. I don't know who that's going to be this year. Is it going to be MJ? Is it going to be Scotty? I don't know yet. We're going to find out. Hopefully not for a long time, but <laughs> you, you got to make a prediction. You got this is what the show is for. This is entertainment for folks. It, it's probably Scotty, just okay. because of his size and him playing point guard. He's going to get matched up against a lot of opposing point guards. And he's going to be able to bully. Um, I, I think that's the obvious answer. I think MJ Walker is another one where you can look and go, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. If you're looking for an X factor, like a, just a wild shot in the dark. I could see Sadar Calhoun having a major season off the bench where he could average 10 to 12 points off the bench and really become an NBA threat. Okay. That's what we like to see right there is some bold takes, hot takes. I love every bit of that. Jumping into our last segment here for the 2024 State season preview from here to Spear, record predictions. What, let's start off first, though. Floor and ceiling for Florida State. What do you think is going to be the top? What's going to be their bottom heading into the season for Leonard Hamilton? This is assuming every game gets played and we find a replacement for Gardner-Webb, whether it's a rescheduled date where we just find someone else to play. So that's 25 games. Like to talk with Arya. I think the floor is like an 18-7, and 19-6 kind of season. 
But you, you look at it on the opposite side of the spectrum. If we win every game we're supposed to, you're 24-1 and one, with only a loss being at North Carolina, in my opinion. You're, you're likely going to settle some in the, in the middle. I think 20-5 and five for Aria, I think it's a little on the lower end. Um, I've seen a, a few people predict that. And go, There's just, I just don't see five losses on the schedule as we sit right now. To me, five losses would be losing the three games at home to Duke, Carolina, and Virginia, losing at Carolina, and then lose one random game. Um, I see us going two and one in those home games against Duke, Carolina, and Virginia. I just think the way they set up in the schedule, I think, works really well for us. Um, I ended up having us go 22 and three, with us being closer to 21 and four than 23 and two. Um, I, I just think the way the schedule sets up, the experience you have on this team, the athleticism, the length, it, it sets up for a really successful season. You feel pretty confident with that. I mean, last year I predicted 25 and six, and when everyone was saying less than 20 games, and we ended up going 26 and five. So, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. I wish we had uh, Austin on here, or Austin, Dustin, to get his ass on here to give his record prediction. But it just seems like he's, well, I mean, you don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel. I feel good about this team too. I mean, there's not much. I mean, I'm still doing my homework. I'm still learning. I feel like this is like my first year really jumping into basketball coverage as most part. I mean, obviously we talk about it weekly once it comes into here, the spear, but uh, I, I just feel like Leonard Hamilton's hot right now. Uh, not just because of the suit that he's wearing, but because of just the way this court has been showing that the players, man, I like Malik Osborne a lot. I like, I like if MJ Walker is really going to make that transition to be a leader. I, I'd really like how this team will bode. Obviously, Scotty Barnes, and then there's tons of guys behind him. Look at Gray too. I mean, I, I, I that dude could be playing football right now, but he's a physical freak. Um, yeah, a lot of people love to rag on Turk, and I get it because he's kind of clumsy. He's kind of, you know, he doesn't run the best. But when when he's really rolling and he's got that full head of steam, he's really tough to stop. If that jump shot starts working for him this season, you know, he opens up an entire facet for his game that he can drive to the rim more often. He's not, he's not drawing as many charges as he did last season. And Anthony Polite, too. I think that was a good note from both of you guys earlier. This guy kind of starting off his career at Florida State that just didn't really feel comfortable for the most part. And looking back at last year and how the season was ending, man, he came in clutch and in, in, in multiple games, and he's got a chance to really show out if he if he's, can get that – kind of you know feel more into the game and prove to be a big time player for Florida State then you know this looks like a pretty stacked squad that also has a, a very good amount of experience against pretty good talent I mean if you're in the ACC no matter what you're, you're facing great talent but uh, there's guys in here that have played in big games because you're shuffling guys in and out in and out in and out Florida State's known for that and Leonard Hamilton's um, coaching philosophy but these guys have experience in big time games and that's one thing that I think is positive when looking forward to the, this upcoming season even though you're losing Trent Forrest, Devin Vassell and Trent or Trent Forrest, Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams. Yeah for sure um, when you have a system where you rotate so many guys it, it really prepares guys for the next season you know you, you look back at it the, the first game that comes to mind is playing at Virginia last season where you're playing with Wyatt Wilkes at the end of the game and he's taken, you know, a huge shot down three with 15 seconds left. And you look at, you look at it in the moment and go, I mean, what are we doing? 
or having Wyatt Wilkes take the shot instead of a Devin Vassell or MJ Walker when we need a three-pointer. But now you look at it to this season where you don't have Devin Vassell, you don't have Patrick Williams to take those shots. <clears throat> I, I, I think that it really speaks to his growth and where he can go these upcoming seasons. If he can provide Florida State with a consistent 10 to 15 minutes a game this upcoming season, I think that's huge for Florida State. That's in need of a little bit more depth on the wing. Is there actually a guy that if Florida State is in a pivotal moment to win a game and you've got two, three seconds left on the clock, you're going to give it off to somebody who is going to get that ball? I mean, it depends on the shot. If you need a shot at the rim, it's probably going to be Scotty. If you need a jumper, it's going to be MJ. MJ took a lot of big shots last season. You know, mm-hmm. we saw even going back a few seasons, MJ in overtime against Louisville a few seasons ago, um, he broke the tie um, at Miami. He had a shot that broke the tie in overtime. or No, he had the shot to force overtime. Um, he, he just he had some very big jump shots throughout the season that, you know, you go back two seasons, you're not expecting MJ to hit that shot. But now I think a lot of people have a, a lot more faith in what he can do late in the clock when you need a jump shot. Um, but if you need a shot at the rim, I, I think Scott is definitely the guy you need to go to just because of his size. I guess I'll get my record. I mean, you, you said 23-2? Twenty-two and three. Twenty-two and three. My bad. Uh, mm, let's say twenty-one and four. I think on my end. I got I can't. It can't be the same as you. It can never be the yeah. same when we're oh, of course when not. we're predicting things. You know, someone's got to be right in that. And that's a that's a solid prediction. I, I think twenty-one and four. I bounced back and forth between twenty-one and four and twenty-two and three for pretty much the entire last week. Just because the way the way the schedule sets up, you you might lose another game. You hear that you're not expecting to, but at the end of the day, it's a really nice schedule for Florida State. It just kind of feels really good to predict a team to win a lot of games. Yeah, to win 80% of their games. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit more than that. Like, that is, it just feels kind of nice, like in your heart. Like, you're going to sleep better at night. And hopefully, it doesn't let me down, which I don't think it will, but uh, it feels a little bit better on the basketball side of things and football is right now, which, you know, we only have just a little bit longer until Florida state is going to be jumping out there uh, to start off their season against UNF, which uh, is going to be exciting to see these cats in there, obviously big name Scotty Barnes, but you know, there's going to be some guys that are going to have to step up this season that have played a good amount of time, but they're going to have to step up and be big time contributors and hopefully bringing Florida State back to the top of the ACC for second year in a row. Is there last thoughts on Florida State's 2020 season? Add not to really, it? Not really. Just make sure you guys stay up to date on nolgameday.com for articles. Obviously, I'll be posting in, in-depth game previews and three game changing plays after the games like I did last year. Make sure you tune in the Discord. This is where we're this is where the basketball section of the Discord is going to make its money. <laughs> that is true. If you haven't yet, tomorrow we're going to be dropping the 2020 Florida State basketball season preview from Austin. He's already got it written. It's actually out on his per- personal account, but we're going to get it out early in the morning. You guys definitely go check that out. Like he said, make sure you guys are jumping into the Discord. It is free to join. Most certainly if you want extra features on there along with uh, – Uh, being able to view nuggets and inside scoop that Austin's going to be giving you guys uh, almost daily. if not definitely day by day with, you know, inside scoop of practices, guys that are performing well, injured, blah, blah, blah. 
you guys can go join our Discord and then join the Patreon at patreon.com slash day. We've seen we're actually now well over 1,200 members inside of the Discord. It's a great experience. I think it's been one of my favorite things of 2020 so far that we've introduced. A phenomenal platform. It's a free app to use, too. Uh, if you're ever interested in joining, just feel free to tweet us at the Null Game Day Twitter account. We, we will hook you guys up. Uh, but yeah, definitely join us in the Discord. Phenomenal experience too, definitely during game days and everybody chatting together. And Austin, I think, is going to jump in there and do some, either some halftime scoop, uh, halftime analysis, and then definitely post-game analysis in there for you guys. Definitely do not miss out on being in that Discord. It is really a great experience if you're a true FSU athletic freak. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Austin, anything else? No, uh, I'm looking forward to the next podcast whenever it is because we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, that is true. We do have another podcast. So I think believe this next this week, Thanksgiving is friggin' crazy with everything going on. And obviously the Clemson game got canceled. So we're not we're used to having an instant reaction to that. So it's been all over the place. But we will be previewing the Virginia game sometime this week. Keep an eye out for that. It will be on your podcast provider. We make sure we'll get it out. Even if it's 20, 30 minutes, we'll, we'll make sure you get some content out for you guys. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter at here the spear. If you're on Apple podcast right now rate us five stars and leave a review we definitely appreciate it tell us how you if you liked it and all that kind of stuff it helps if you're on youtube hit that subscribe button if you're on spotify subscribe subscribe so then you'll be notified every time we release a new episode this is what this was our 2020 florida state basketball season preview aria masudi Thanks, as always, to our man joining us. Great guy. We'll definitely have him on back in the season. Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer, heading into year two from him at nolgandy.com. Here, Logan Robinson, and I'm just a loser, so don't need to say anything more. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great evening, and uh, enjoy the rest of y'all's week. Happy Thanksgiving, also. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.